Welcome, Bird Gang, on today's show. Danny Sarek joins me. Day two of the 2023 NFL Draft is in the books. And just like day one, General Manager Monty Austin Fort was active. Two more trades, three more players, each one addressing a need. It's Cardinals covered to episode 644, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2. Buda Baker, what heart, what threat. This guy's unbelievable. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. He's at the 10, half a 5, he's in again. Some more Murray Magic. Wow. Here's Craig Grealoux. First things first, Danny, how about a wellness check here after day two of the 2023 NFL Draft? A long day after what was a long night after day one. Are we sure it's only been two days? It feels a lot longer than that. Maybe in real time, yes. Day and a half, two days, but you're right. Things have moved Sometimes rather slowly, and then other times, like in the instance in the first 45 minutes of day one, very fast. Day two wasn't as hectic, but still a lot of activity. A lot of activity. Well, you and I also on night one were hosting a live stream, so that's also probably why things felt much faster. But as we record this, Friday evening after the Cardinals are done making their draft picks for the night after round three, It feels like days ago that the first round pick, offensive lineman Paris Johnson Jr., arrived at the facility, which was roughly, what, nine, ten hours ago? I mean, what a day, but very exciting. I mean, goodness gracious, to be a fly on the wall in that war room with general manager Monty Osfort, which I guess... I guess Cardinals fans will get to see that in, in, in one of the newest Flight Plan episodes, which was not an intentional plug, believe it or not. Um, but holy cow, has he been busy in his first draft as a general manager. Four trades. Correct. Cardinals started out this year with eight picks. They currently have nine and have also added three next year, a first and two thirds in 2024. And I like that. I feel like the moves that this front office, not just Monty Awesomefort, but his team, which he has been quite clear about. The moves have been smart, and I know we're going to get into the specific players and, and what those moves are. It's no secret the Cardinals had more than one position to fill. This was not a roster where you were one or two pieces away in terms of maybe not a starter, but depth to really contend. That's not where the Cardinals were. A lot of places on this roster that needed to be addressed. Not only are the Cardinals doing that, they are also planning ahead. Because you have so many holes to fill, you you have to plan for the future, maybe a little more so than a, a team like a Kansas City or San Francisco who has a really good starting point on their roster. That's just different than where the Cardinals are at right now. So the fact that Monty Austinfort is racking up some picks, not just for this year, but also next year, great picks next year because you have Houston's first-round pick. Houston, who is going to be rocking with a rookie quarterback, which doesn't usually bode well that first year in terms of having a good record. I just think the moves have been really smart. It's been very exciting to see all these trades go down. That's what we heard from head coach Jonathan Gannon, as well as owner Michael Bidwell, after Thursday night, round one of just watching Monty Fort work those phones to go from three to 12 with Houston and then back up to six with Detroit to get offensive lineman Paris Johnson Jr., 
it has been very exciting. But all in all, when you're talking about all of these trades, not just the big one in round one, but all those other trades with Tennessee, with Houston to move throughout the third, fourth and fifth rounds, I think have been smart in terms of knowing the players and the positions you need with the depth in this draft class, again, while also creating some draft capital next year. I know head coach Jonathan Gannon cringed when the word rebuild was mentioned with respects to what is going on, even all the way back to free agency. All right, you don't like rebuild? How about remodel? The foundation is being reset within the Arizona Cardinals under the direction of Monty Austin Ford and J.G., getting the players that they want, high character, that's been a buzzword that we've heard time in and time again. We'll heard it again after day two, but in free agency and now in the draft, getting players, their players. And there's a distinction because the players that are currently on the roster that are returning, we really don't know what this front office and coaching staff feels, thinks about them. That will be left by actions rather than words. But the players that are brand new, from free agency, from the draft, those are Monty's guys, JG's guys. And I think little by little we're kind of seeing what this building will look like in the future. Now, how far into the future, that's the question. I think why Gannon might have cringed a little bit because when you hear the word rebuild or reset, how long does that take? And we can be patient here now in April, Danny. Much different when we get to September, October, November, and December because then people they don't like that word patient. They want wins on Sunday. It's interesting this first pick, six overall with Paris Johnson Jr., an offensive lineman with versatility. 2021, he was a right guard at Ohio State. And then last season, moved out to left tackle, was the starter. So not only can he play inside and outside, but on both sides of the ball, which is incredibly impressive. And when you talk about what the carryover will look like the next couple of years from the previous regime and to this one, I think that's a really great point. We have heard from Gannon that he likes to have competition at every position. So I don't have a problem with drafting an offensive lineman. That's especially a position where typically players need a year or two to really really fine-tune their skills and be ready to make the move from college to the pros. And usually they start off more as a depth piece, find their way to becoming a starter. But that is really interesting. I I don't know, you know, it'll be interesting the next couple months, how safe are the starting roles for left tackle DJ Humphreys and right tackle Kelvin Beecham? Maybe they are safe. Maybe this is a situation where Paris Johnson really does need a year to turn into the type of player they see him becoming. Maybe... Johnson is able to move inside and he's one of your guards and maybe that is left guard maybe that's the right guard and you move Will Hernandez to the left side where he has played before in his career there's a lot of opportunities when it comes to this pick and that's why I'm okay with it I know at first some people might think well we have DJ Humphreys but competition is good and while you are always trying to fill immediate needs you are also drafting for the future and so we don't know what that future holds with this new coaching staff this new front office so I like the pick I like that the Cardinals were able to get some more capital with Houston getting their first and third next year it took two trades and it was a little hectic but all in all the Cardinals moved from three to six two trades on Thursday two more trades on Friday three more players added 
nine total by the end of Saturday, and we'll see if it's more than just that. But let's get into what happened on day two, round two, round three. And we started with, once again, a trade. The Cardinals had the 33rd overall pick that was shipped to the Texans, excuse me, the Titans, along with number 81 for 41, 72, and a future third round pick. With that 41st overall pick, Cardinals added LSU edge rusher BJ Ojolari. Then in round three, Syracuse cornerback Garrett Williams. I like that pick. I like that pick a lot, Danny. I'm a huge fan of Garrett Williams. This seems a little biased. Just Think a so? hunch. Just a hunch? Okay. Class of 96. That's all I got to say. All he right. Was he, he wasn't even born yet, Craig. <laughs> wow. Wait a second. Sorry. That is uncalled for. <laughs> I don't even know if that's true, and I refuse to look it up to back that claim. That okay, is not Okay. I will cool. not look it up. I apologize. Re- Oma will take it out. Wow. <laughs> Okay, let's steer this ship back in its proper direction. (laughs) Cardinals cover two presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Also in round three, the Cardinals added Stanford wide receiver Michael Wilson. That was with the 94th overall pick. And then with pick number 96, they dealt that to the Detroit Lions for a couple of picks, but we'll get to in a moment. But you add an edge rusher, you add a cornerback, and you add a wide receiver all positions of need. Now you can rank those needs however you want, but each of those positions, big needs. But the biggest, obviously, is something that we've been talking about a lot, and that is edge rusher. Right. B.J. Ojolari, the brother of Aziz, who is a pass rusher with the Giants. B.J. is 6'2", 248. He was a first-team All-SEC player in 2022. He led the Tigers with seven sacks as a sophomore in 2021. He missed two games last season with a knee injury. However, he still finished with 58 tackles, five and a half sacks, eight and a half tackles for loss. And here's what was interesting. I saw this from Pro Football Focus, Craig. Ojolari had 120, allowed 120, sorry, Ojolari had 126 QB pressures since 2020. The only player in that time span who had more, Will Anderson. Now, I know that Ojolari might not have that size, that height, but something that Austin Fort talked about to the media in his press conference was that he still has that bend he still has that length and so this seems like a player that could come in you work with him a little and and maybe come in and be one of your starters or maybe maybe not a starter I I think maybe you have with LJ Collier you have to see kind of where everyone fits but I think he has that potential to to come in and be an impact player you look at the size 6'2", 248 and okay maybe not the prototypical edge rusher but Let's not forget where Jonathan Gannon came from, and that's the Philadelphia Eagles and his number one edge rusher a year ago, Hassan Reddick, 6'1", 235. So Ujulari is bigger than Hassan Reddick. Now the question is, is he as good? But as far as the size comparisons, not much difference. And I think Ujulari is going to be given every opportunity on the football field, provided he knows the playbook, knows what he's doing, to contribute and contribute right away because it is a glaring need. We'll see what happens with Cameron Thomas, MyJ Sanders in year two. Zaven Collins, is this move to outside linebacker something that is permanent or just to see how it works? So they do have bodies, but are they effective on the football field? And that's why I do think edge rusher, even after the selection of Ojolari, something that I would think the Cardinals would like to add to. This was arguably the greatest need. The Cardinals had no real quarterback disruption last season. 
and you cut Marcus Golden. So you really don't have a, a true veteran presence. And I know that this obviously doesn't add a veteran presence. My point being that this was this was a big need for the Cardinals. And on Thursday night, they felt that it was best to trade out when Will Anderson was still there and Tyree Wilson and these other names. But they still got a player that works for this team, which we've talked about in Paris Johnson, and still got more draft capital. So I like the fact that at the next opportunity, they address the need, their need on defense with an edge and B.J. Ojolari. Daniel Jeremiah, NFL Network, his pre-draft profile on Ojolari, talked about his quick first step. Wins with a quick swipe technique, a dip and bend move, or a nifty hesitation rush. Fluid in coverage when asked to drop. I don't know how often you would ask an Ojolari to drop in coverage. Normally those guys like to move forward as opposed to backwards. But the production is there. The size, we'll see how it works within this defense. And then I just like first impression as far as being able to hear from him in a conference call after the selection, quote, I think I do a great job of causing havoc in the backfield. And that's what this defense needs. And I think that's the that's the mindset of a head coach and a defensive coordinator, Nick Rollis, that wants to see a lot of that from your front seven. That's what you like to hear. Somebody who's going to go out there and cause problems for the offense you're facing. We have heard a lot about high character. And something that's interesting is all three draft picks from Friday were team captains. And B.J. Ojolari wore the coveted 18 at LSU with Monty, which Monty Osafort was talking about. The coaching staff gives that to a pl- one player every year based upon their work ethic and, and what type of leader and player they are. And that went to B.J. And I think that says a lot about, you know, it's one thing. Every team, every team wants to say, we want to pick guys who are not just good on the field, who are going to be good people as well. And sometimes the truth is that doesn't always happen that's not always the case whether or not they know that when the draft pick is made or not but it has been quite clear with the free agents that have been brought in and with these draft picks so far when you're looking at the type of leadership and the fact that you know Paris Johnson started his own foundation in high school I mean it really does seem like they're not just saying they're looking for high character players and people it seems like they really are it's, it's those actions matching the words. It's the high-character players, the high-character coaches, and as Monty Osenford described on Friday night, quote, it's all tied together. So B.J. Ojolari, the 41st overall pick in the second round. Let's move Danny to round number three and the 72nd overall pick with that trade with the Titans and the Cardinals go cornerback. Another position of need, maybe not as great as edge, but in this pass-happy league, you can never have enough cornerbacks. It is cliche, but it is true. Garrett Williams, 5'10", 192 out of Syracuse. Three-time honorable mention, all ACC. There is a question as far as health. He hurt his, or I should say, he tore his ACL in mid-October, cutting his season, his last season in half. But in his words, he should be ready to be cleared by July, and that's the expectation. Not going to rush anything, but there's no reason that perhaps Williams could be available and an option week one. Seems like Williams had a good junior year in 2021. He started 10 games, had five tackles for loss, 10 PBUs, which led the ACC. And in the half season he played last year, the seven games, 36 tackles, two interceptions, and three PBUs. I think this is another player that you could also add on special teams. When you're talking about Garrett Williams or the wide receiver Michael Wilson, who we will touch on later, two players that are 
coming off injuries. So to me, if you're going to make a draft pick like this with Garrett Williams, that means you really trust your medical staff, whether that was information gathered at the combine or in a 30 visit or anything like that, that you trust what your staff is saying about the rehab process and when they will likely be ready to come back and how close they'll be to that same level of play. And so to me, this says that they liked what they saw from Garrett Williams and that they probably feel the same way that he was said that his doctors were telling him that he should be ready by July and somebody who it seems like will be ready to come in and play this season. You've got Marco Wilson. You've got Antonio Hamilton. You added Chris Boyd, Rashad Fenton. And then the potential of a Christian Matthew going into his second year. He's got the length. It's just very, very raw. So really that cornerback number one, cornerback number two, cornerback, you're going to need three, four, five during the course of a season, maybe even in a single game. But I think right now it is Marco Wilson, Antonio Hamilton. And then I think things are very open as far as that competition to get on that field. And the good thing with Williams, according to Monty, is that he can play both inside and outside and plays bigger than his 5'10 frame. All those opportunities for players to come and earn a starting role also says eh, it's pretty important to probably keep safety Buda Baker out in that secondary. And uh, by the way, I, I had to look it up just for my own well-being. Garrett Williams was born in 2001. I'm sorry that you felt the need to look that up. That even makes me feel old. One. Wow. Well, maybe that's why I brought it up to make you feel just as bad as you made me feel. I don't know considering just as bad, but bad. That when I was graduating from that fine institution in central New York in 1996, Garrett Williams wasn't even a thought. 2001, Danny. That's crazy. <sighs> I'm getting old. These guys are young. Yeah. Let's hope they can play. All right, the final <laughs> pick on Friday with the 94th overall selection. The Cardinals go wide receiver from Stanford, Michael Wilson, 6'2", 213. Someone, again, with a question as far as his health. According to Michael, he is, quote, fully healthy. He suffered a broken collarbone last season. He's also had foot issues, which cut both his 2021 and 2020 seasons short. But someone, again, you talk about the wide receiver position, not a great position of need, but considering the uncertainty of DeAndre Hopkins and regardless of what Monty has said repeatedly about Hopkins' future with the Arizona Cardinals, the expectation is that DeHop will not be on this team once the season begins in 2023. So you're going to lose some of that height that you have in that room, and there is where Wilson comes in to provide some of that. That's what I was going to touch on is the size. You bring in Zach Pascal in free agency, who's, I believe, off the top of my head, six feet. And he's, when we were out at minicamp on the practice field out there on, gosh, I don't even know the days of the week, Wednesday, Thursday this week. I mean, I was standing Wednesday. next Wednesday, thank you, standing next to you, and he looks massive compared to the rest of the wide receivers that's just the reality so you're adding some height again another player who's had some injury problems he had a foot injury in 2021 which kept him out a few games to start the year and then he played his fifth year in 2022 because of the covid eligibility so he was able to play another year he only made it six games he suffered a season-ending collarbone injury however in his conference call with the media craig said he was 
fully healthy from both of those. So again, similar to a Garrett Williams, this to me says you like what you see on tape, probably a little more raw. Again, we know that this wasn't a very deep wide receivers draft class. You see the potential, maybe someone who plays a bigger role on special teams to get out on the field, but you trust your staff enough to know these two players who are coming off injuries that you would trust your staff enough that they'll be able to come back and be healthy and make an impact. The speed, he ran a 4.58 at the combine, 4.59 at his pro day, but when you have that size, you hope that whatever separation that you do get, you make up for with your length and obviously your hands. And he was very emphatic with the media as far as how aggressive he is attacking the football when the ball is thrown his way. And again, we'll just have to wait and see when he gets out on that field. But he sounded very confident that he is 100%. And those injuries, whether it's the collarbone or the foot, that that's behind him. And hopefully it's a fresh start for him, just his own mindset, that he can come in and is injury-riddled years at Stanford don't continue here with the Arizona Cardinals. Injuries that are also kind of funky, not necessarily in his control, whether or not that is a trend or not. Um, but look, even even though you might think uh, wide receiver, day two, round three, not every impactful player is going to be a first or top second round player. We have seen throughout the league, I mean, Numerous players who are drafted and you might not think they can come in and and really make a difference and then they have a great training camp and they find their way onto the field on special teams and then kind of create a role for themselves. So it's I I really do feel like we will see Michael Wilson from what you were talking about. Like I think there is still a good chance that DeAndre Hopkins is not on the roster come this fall um, and won't be here next year, right? More than likely. So at the very least, again, you probably get Wilson on special teams and really use this year to ramp him up for next year looking ahead. Wilson also talked about the connection with another Stanford guy that is on the Cardinals coaching staff, and that is Drew Terrell, the former Stanford player, now the Cardinals passing game coordinator and wide receivers coach. And it was Kind of funny, and I might even if I run into Coach Terrell in the hallways, Danny, because it was Michael Wilson mentioned that he wore my number. That was the quote. Well, Drew came before Michael, so wouldn't it be I wore his number, and the number was talking about number four. So there might be – we might need to figure things out here because you always defer to your elders, unless you're Danny Sarek, who just runs the entire department. Oh, gosh. My, my, my mom does, but my dad at least listens to this podcast. And if you're implying that I'm disrespectful, he oh, will no, no, not no, no. be happy with not me. Not disrespectful. We just know. You just know that I run yes. this. Well, don't forget also Stanford alum Zach Ertz. I mean, they obviously didn't play together, no. but they have some connection. I know Zach was tweeting some Stanford gif. He was excited about that. Can never have enough Stanford guys. Can never have enough Syracuse guys. M-I-Z. Do we have any more of those on the roster, Danny? Ooh, I don't think so. That might be something for you to do a little research on or get in the ear of without someone Mar- in that front office. Without without junk, I don't yeah. think so. Uh-oh. It's a shame. Might have to go walk across <laughs> to the football side. Maybe I'll go find Monty on my way out the door and just, you know, plant the seed. Well, day three. There are five opportunities to draft 
A Missouri Tiger, you've got one pick in the fourth round, two in the fifth, and two in the sixth. And knock on wood, Danny, there is not a seventh round selection because you and I, along with Paul Calvisi, will have Cardinals Draft Central at some point on Saturday to recap the entire draft on for an hour. You can check it out via the Cardinals Twitter account, YouTube channel, azcardinals.com, or the mobile app. Maybe a total of nine picks. My guess it will be double figures in draft picks, just by the way Monty has gone so far. Yeah, I do not believe that Monty Austin-Fort is done wheeling and dealing. He's just, he likes to keep us on our toes, that's for sure. And with how things pan out when you or I are hosting a live stream, Craig, it probably means the <laughs> trades true. are going to go down when we are airing live. So everyone should tune in for the fun. Yeah, we are two for two on Cardinals Draft Central, <laughs> at least on day one. A year ago, it was the Hollywood Brown trade, and we just threw away everything that we had planned. And then on Thursday of this week, it was not one, but two trades. And we started one stream and had to cut that off and then restart. Right, so we'll have a, cl- a better idea Saturday late morning of the exact time to start the stream so you can just stay locked in on all that information on our Twitter handle at AZ Cardinals or check out our official YouTube channel. There's going to be a lot of cool stuff. We're obviously going to be breaking down the entire draft for the Cardinals, but we've also got exclusive content. I sat down one-on-one with Paris Johnson Jr. on Friday. Craig, I'm, I'm really excited for everyone to see your one-on-one. You broke down Johnson's film with offensive line coach Clayton Adams. Let me just clarify. <laughs> I did none of the breaking down. I enjoy watching those that either play or coach the game that see it much differently than you or I do. So it was a lot more of Coach Adams doing the discussion. But I'm a big fan of the All-22 where you can get you know, the end zone angle different angles than what you see on television. And then you get the coach's clicker and you're going back and forth and showing the footwork and just the violence. And that was the word Parrish used during his introductory press conference that he plays with. But you can even see that with no sound, but just watching Parrish Johnson. And that was something that Coach Adams walked us through. And hopefully we'll be able to get a chance to see all of it or just a snippet of it. I know that is going to be used also on other features coming up, i.e. flight plan as well. But I enjoy the film study just because what we see on television, we don't know what was supposed to happen. Did you make the correct read? Did you make the correct block? Or did you just get lucky? What was the call from the sideline? What were you supposed to do, assigned to do? And then did it work out or did it not work out? And that was one thing I'll say this, that Coach Adams did make mention of when you talk about Paris Johnson Jr. Even when he makes a mistake, he still makes the play because of his athleticism, his quickness, his good footwork, that he's able to be where he is, even though he might be just a tad late or his hands aren't in the proper position. That was something also that Coach Adams highlighted. It's going to be an exciting way to learn more about the newest Arizona Cardinal. We're also adding the legendary Paul Calvisi to our broadcast. I said legendary. Legendary? Is that shocking to you that I said that? Legendary in his own mind or just? Um, No, I just said that on my own. Oh, okay. But it should be fun with the three of us. So make sure you join us. We're going to be live. um, And then it'll feed right into General Manager Monty Awesomefort's final press conference, wrapping up the draft. So... Join us Saturday. What do, you want to, what do you want to see happen 
position-wise, and now I know it just it depends on how the board right. falls out. But in a perfect world, perfect world, just position alone, what still needs to be done? Defensive line. You need Agreed. you need to start finding a way to to stop the run. That to me is probably your biggest priority right now. And then I would probably look at another DB. Um, I could understand cornerback. I also wouldn't mind adding some depth at safety, especially with the question mark of Buda Baker, who requested a trade. That's not to say he will get one. Um, but after Buda Baker and Jalen Thompson, as you go down to the depth chart, it's a lot of question marks. So I'd probably say a defensive tackle, a DB. And then from there, um, I think you just kind of look at center. Oh, center's pretty high on the list as well. Shoot. Those would be my top three. I would I would probably rank those as, honestly, I'd probably put center with, with where you are right now. I'd probably change that around and make center my top need, defensive tackle right behind it, and then a DB. And then as you go down, you start looking for those players where you really like the potential and maybe they become a practice squad player or they ball out at training camp and they find a way again through special teams having some sort of special role on this team. And I'm thinking about those positions like tight end, running back, another wide receiver. You'll probably draft a quarterback because you typically draft one late. Um, although I think the Cardinals could get by with David Blau, Jeff Driscoll, and Colt McCoy right now. And, of course, you're going to sign a bunch of free agents as soon as the draft ends. I mean, those phone lines are crazy in the war room for every team with agents signing players who went undrafted. Um, I, but I would probably go back to my, my top needs being center, defensive tackle I'd agree with that because especially that interior of the defensive line the interior of the offensive line when you get to day three and a fourth fifth or sixth round pick and you draft a center are they capable of coming in right away and being your starter or to like you said it's more about the future whether it's late in the season or next season you do have Yelda Froholt you do have Lasita Smith as far as the centers are concerned do they add to that position, maybe a veteran in free agency, and then bring someone else along? Lasitas, remember, all offseason in training camp was working at center, and then all of a sudden he got his start at guard. So now he's trying to work his way back, and Froholt is the only one with starting experience on this roster, and that was only a handful of games. I should say I believe it was like four, four snaps or four games that he has experience as a center in the NFL. Matt? When you talk about offensive line, defensive line, they're not sexy positions as far as the skill position players are concerned, but that's where you win ball games is at the line of scrimmage. That's when you notice it makes a big difference when you are lacking in those positions. I kept you well past your bedtime. You did. By about three minutes was my <laughs> request, Craig, but that's okay. I'll get you back tomorrow on the live stream. Don't you worry. Sleep fast. A reminder, Bird Gang, Cardinals Draft Central on Saturday to wrap up the entire draft, including the five picks that we know of at the moment as we speak to you here on Friday evening. Cardinals Twitter account, YouTube channel, azcardinals.com, or the mobile app to follow it all. Myself, Danny, and Paul Calvisi, Cardinals Draft Central on Saturday. And on that note, we will put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As always, special thanks to our executive producer, Jim Omohundro. For Danny Sarek, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.